It's Thursday, May 9th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, Uber is prepping to go public, but getting to the big IPO has been a rocky road. We'll connect the dots on why it's such a big deal and why Uber drivers have been up in arms. Then, the Catholic Church is laying down the law on how to deal with sex abuse cases. We'll give you the details. And finally, Mother's Day is coming up. We want to hear about the mom in your life. We're here to make your Thursday smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by HoneyBook. The most complicated story today is about Uber. The rideshare is going public. Tomorrow morning, Uber execs are scheduled to ring the opening bell at the New York Stock Exchange, after which they hope to raise more money and expand the company. There's been a lot of hype about this. Experts say 2019 is the year of tech unicorns. Those are companies valued at over a billion dollars. Uber's initial public offering is aiming to be valued between 80 and 90 billion dollars. That would make it the biggest IPO in five years and make some of the company's employees millionaires overnight. Cheers. But not everyone is preparing to pop the champagne. Lately, there's been a lot of backlash to Uber and its decision-making. We'll break it down. Why Uber's initial public offering has been controversial and what it means for the company's business model moving forward. Okay, so first of all, some experts are saying it's not clear Uber's actually worth this much. Uber first disrupted the sector by launching its app for on-demand car service 10 years ago. Then it expanded the idea of ride-hailing, adding high-end cars and carpooling to the mix. Just like Google, to Uber is now a thing you do. And the company also broke into other sectors, like delivery services with Uber Eats for lunch and Uber Freight for shipping. And now it even has a city bike share program called Jump. But the truth is, despite the name recognition, Uber has yet to make a profit. It's been backed by big name investors, but their business model isn't bringing in the money in part because they're having to compete with similar ride-hailing apps by keeping costs low. Until now, Uber hasn't had to share any of its financials publicly. Now that they're going public, they'll have to. One of Uber's competitors, Lyft, went public in March. At the time, Lyft was valued at a little over $24 billion. But shortly after it started trading, the company's stocks fell. Since then, Lyft's value has dropped by nearly 30%. Its first financial report from this quarter shows a loss of over a billion dollars. So Lyft isn't setting a great example for Uber right now. And in the meantime, both ride-hailing companies are dealing with a major problem, how their business model impacts the people who drive for them. Yesterday, drivers for Uber and Lyft decided to skip rush hour. They called for a strike. A bunch of drivers in cities from San Francisco to Glasgow shut off their apps for at least part of the day to protest their working conditions and how they're paid. Progressive politicians like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and presidential candidates like Pete Buttigieg, Bernie Sanders, and Elizabeth Warren came out in support. So what's the criticism? It's a range of things, but one big sticking point is that drivers aren't hired as employees. They're contractors. Basically, they're independent workers, which means they don't get benefits. And depending on where they live, most don't automatically get minimum wage. There's been pushback on that from the federal government and local governments. Democrats in the Senate have sponsored legislation that would improve collective bargaining rights for contract workers like Uber drivers. 
lawmakers in California are considering a bill that would reclassify Uber drivers as employees. And in New York City, the companies have to pay drivers a minimum wage. But it comes at a cost. Now Uber says it's raising prices there. But drivers also say they're not being told how Uber determines how much they get paid per ride. Recently, drivers say even though Uber's been increasing charges for riders, drivers are taking home less money. So they want more transparency. What are Uber and Lyft saying? Lyft says its drivers' hourly earnings have actually gone up and says most are on the road to supplement other income. In a statement, Uber says it wants to work with and for drivers. And they want to help make their paychecks more consistent and help them and their families pay for college education. But Uber has also said it doesn't know whether it can keep up its business model if it treats them as employees. If they did, they'd have to spend more money on taxes and benefits and wages. And like we said, the company isn't profitable yet. Uber drivers and the company have been duking it out in court over this for years. Today, the day before it starts being traded publicly, Uber told the SEC that it's reached a settlement with tens of thousands of Uber drivers who've sued them. Uber says they're not going to call them employees, but they'll dish out between $146 and $170 million in payouts. So what's the skim? All of this employee drama isn't expected to affect Uber's valuation tomorrow. In fact, overall turnout to the protests wasn't particularly high. But it's the latest in a bunch of other not-so-good looks for Uber. Uber has also been dealing with reports of sexual harassment and discrimination at the workplace, in their HQ. Two years ago, Uber's CEO and co-founder was ousted. Its new CEO has been the one pushing for reforms with drivers, for now at least. Because both Lyft and Uber have an eye on the long road. They're both hoping to roll out automated self-driving cars across the country. But it's taking longer than anticipated because it's expensive and there's a lot of red tape. Self-driving cars are still not safe. But for companies like Uber and Lyft, self-driving cars would mean a lot less negotiating with actual humans in the future. While Uber takes a deep breath ahead of its initial public offering, the Catholic Church is having a come-to-Jesus moment of its own. That story's next. Have a great idea for a business, but you're overwhelmed by all the admin work? HoneyBook is here to help you get your plan off the ground. It's your business, just better. Right now, HoneyBook is offering our listeners 50% off your first year with promo code SKIMTHIS. Payment is flexible, and this promotion applies whether you pay monthly or annually. Go to HoneyBook.com and use promo code SKIMTHIS for 50% off your first year. Get paid faster and work smarter with HoneyBook.com. Promo code SKIMTHIS. The Catholic Church has been trying to get a handle on the sex abuse scandals that have been rocking the institution for years. Today, Pope Francis took another step in doing that. He issued a new church law. It requires church officials to report and investigate sex abuse charges and any cover-up. It's the first worldwide law of its kind in the Catholic Church. So what does this new law do? It's officially called a motu proprio. That's a law passed by the Pope himself. This one is called Vos Estis Lux Mundi. Translation, you are the light of the world. It's a quote from the Bible. In his letter, Pope Francis quotes that in the next line, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. He's basically saying this law is about transparency and accountability. 
and it sets out a rulebook for how to deal with reporting the sexual abuse of minors or other vulnerable people, abuses of authority, and the use of child porn. That might seem kind of like common sense. So let's take a step back. Sex abuse scandals have haunted the Catholic Church for decades. You've probably heard of the movie Spotlight, which showed the Boston Globe's real investigation into sexual abuse in the Catholic Church in Massachusetts. That investigation was published almost 20 years ago. Since then, there have been thousands of abuses reported in almost every country. So back in February, the Pope hosted the first summit on sex abuse. It included nearly 200 bishops and Catholic leaders from around the world. And they heard from victims about what's been going on. And that's how we got to today's big announcement. Here's how this new law would change things. Until now, practices for reporting sex abuse have varied widely from one diocese to another. So supporters say this is a good step. By officially making this part of church law, Pope Francis is standardizing accountability across the board. Archbishop Charles Shakluna of Malta is the church's top investigator of sex crimes. If you report misconduct, you're going to be protected. Victims should know that there is an obligation on the part of the church to listen to them, to support them, to give them the need, the help they need. But critics say the new law only focuses on reporting the abuse. It doesn't say anything about punishment, no church trials or penalties. Shakluna said in an interview that those found guilty will be disqualified from ministry. But the official letter doesn't say that or even imply it. The Pope is under huge pressure to fix the sex abuse problem in the Catholic Church. When Pope Francis was elected in 2013, he called for decisive action on the issue. But people say he hasn't done enough. This new law goes into effect June 1st, but it's only for a trial basis. It'll be reevaluated after three years. We're trying something new where we look at how big stories impact your wallet. Today, we're looking at the U.S.-China trade talks. President Trump said he wants to increase existing tariffs from 10 to 25 percent and tack on new tariffs to another $325 billion of Chinese exports. China's head negotiator is in Washington today to talk about it. Tariffs are taxes on imports, paid in the country where the goods arrive which means it's U.S. companies that have to figure out how to pay for tariffs on Chinese goods. Depending on what happens during the negotiations, those new tariffs could be going into effect tomorrow. So here's how that could impact your wallet. First, the imports being taxed are probably not what you expected. We're talking everything from the stuff that says made in China on the tag, you know, like handbags and washing machines and furniture, to food and toilet paper, essentials. U.S. businesses say the short notice for these new tariffs makes it more likely they're going to have to raise prices to make up the cost, which means you're paying more. In the long run, these tariffs could lead to fewer options for stuff you can buy. So if you like to comparison shop to save money, you might have a harder time doing that. Want more info on how the news is having an effect on your wallet? Head over to theskim.com slash money. Before we go today, we've got some fun facts for you about baby names. Throwback names are trending. Archie Harrison is the name of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's new royal baby. Comedian Amy Schumer named her new son, Gene. 
And have you heard about the endangered African penguin chicks that just hatched at San Diego Zoo? Their names are Doug and Barbara. Super old school. Are you thankful for how your mom named you? Mother's Day is this Sunday. And tomorrow, we want to share shoutouts to the mothers in your life. Whether that's your birth mom, your stepmom, your adopted mom, your mother-in-law, or the mom of your friend group. Do you call her mom, mummy, mama, or just M? We want to know. Give us a call at 646-461-6370 and leave us a voicemail about what makes her so awesome. And you might be able to send her the episode, like an audio card. Very original M-Day gift. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening and be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to add the skim to your morning routine, you can sign up for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox. 